Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh when our kid has to covertly pee in a hot chocolate cup during a bathroomless train ride, then we're all screwed. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. If there's one experience everyone has had in this mortal coil, it is that we were all born. Yep, we all emerged gloriously from a uterus. And while it may be a small part of your life experience, it's a memorable affair for every parent that can cause excitement, anxiety, existential crisis, and orgasms? Oh God, more on that later. Today, we will discuss the birth plans and doulas. To birth plan or not to birth plan, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the hospital or home to suffer the pain and pushing and outrageous fortune you'll pay, or to take the epidural against a sea of contractions, or by breathing, end them. To birth new life, to sleep no more. Thank you, thank you so much. Also, what's a doula? On today's episode, I will talk to a real-life doula who will explain to me her role in birth and coach me through the process in two, three, out, two, three. But first, I speak with my good friends, Rebecca Johnson and Amanda Dybert, where we will discuss what we didn't expect when we were expecting. Enjoy. Amanda, did you have a birth plan? No. Yeah, me neither. Did you feel the pressure? Like, did you feel weird that you didn't have a birth plan for any reason? I knew a lot of people, know a lot of people who did. Uh-huh. But for me, I didn't. I mean, if there had been something important that I needed to ha- make sure that I had addressed for health reasons or anything else, then I, I would have. But because things were kind of going. Like, perfect. Well, no, but not, <laughs> I, would, I mean, not no, perfectly, no, I but like. <laughs> kind of normal and I realized that like there's no way I'm going to be able to control this and if I have like mm-hmm. these best laid plans and then something goes wrong I'm going to feel like I failed at something and like why set myself up right to feel like I've done something wrong I mean as it was right. I went in thinking that I wouldn't use an epidural mm-hmm. and then <laughs> girl yes <laughs> yeah and then Which that technically is a birth plan <laughs> that is a birth I mean plan. actually that's oh a birth plan oh my god we just wanted <laughs> you for having a birth plan I lied girl I lied. <laughs> Even if it's not written down, if you have a plan of, of action, that's the birth plan. Well, but I left it open. I mean, I feel like that is what a birth plan is. It's a guideline of what your wants are. I feel like it's an outline of how do you think this, how would you like this birth to go, yeah. right? Ish, right? It's, yeah, what like your, your wants. So it your would wants. be your preferences. So if you want to say, I'd prefer to have the least medical interventions as possible. So I would start with saying, like, I, I would rather not be induced. I would rather not be given, like, epidural. I would rather not have that. I would rather not get checked here. Or if you know the different kinds of pain medications that are available, you could say, I don't want this kind. I would only want this kind. Yeah. So what it's just th- preferences. What do you think the, the big fear is, though? That What do you think the fear is of, of mothers coming into birth? Like, what do they think that's going to happen? I guess in a hospital, you should say. 
I mean, well, now my mind is just blown because I've just realized <laughs> that I had a birth plan <laughs> and I didn't know I did. But um, but you didn't you didn't write it down. But you no. just said I don't. You just told your wife I don't want an epidural, right? Yeah. Did you tell and her? I, or did you tell and your I, doctor? Well, I actually did tell the nurse. Like now I've realized, like yeah. I fully had a birth plan. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> because I also told the nurses that, and they just kept saying. We're just going to keep checking in with you and asking. And then in like hour 12 of labor, <laughs> I was like, hey, you know what? I have changed my mind. Oh, Please my God. This is going to be so cute. When I get bring <laughs> that lovely lesbian anesthesiologist in here and tell her to put that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of great. Well, she was well, a lesbian as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. that's cool. I know. It was lovely. Did, how does that? How, how do you find that out? She's like, "Hey, girl, me well, too." Well, because as like... I was, <laughs> as I was getting the epidural and holding on to my wife, and and yeah. she was also having, she was like, "Yeah, my wife and I are thinking about having a oh. baby," and so we were doing the like lesbian to lesbian. Uh, <laughs> well, you're like, oh, uh, uh, just yeah. stick it in. I don't care. I don't care who you fuck. <laughs> stick the needle in me. Uh, and then you can reflect back. Oh, that lesbian anesthesiologist. She was so cute. Oh my God. That's so funny. Oh my God. My birth plan was, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. It was have a baby. Good plan. That's all I knew. I just knew that I was going into a safe place, right? And I knew that a baby was going to come out the other side. Mm -hmm. And I just had to be open to whatever possibilities there were. And I was scheduled to have a C-section. And then she, then my daughter came out. (laughs) She was like, I have a birth plan, bitch. (laughs) She's like, oh, you're not going to plan? I'm coming out your cooter, (laughs) not your tummy. I don't know why she said tummy. Like, that's so cute. And she said cooter. I mean, my God. (laughs) Lottie, <laughs> rude. But I, so back to the my my question about what do you think people are afraid of? Uh, the thing that I hear a lot from moms is that they're afraid of medical interventions, meaning I think ultimately C-section. And I, I know that drugs are a part of it. I know that like needles are a part of it. But I think there is a stigma around C-sections. But do you do you agree with that, or do you think there's something else? I think else? it comes to I think it's C-sections. Mm-hmm. I think though, yes, there is a stigma, but I think it's actually more deeper than that, mm-hmm. and that the recovery from a C-section is a lot harder. And in our country, there's a lot more C-sections than there are in a lot of other developed nations, mm-hmm. and they're more risky for the mom. And it's not always the situation. It's not always easy because then sometimes with a C-section you recover for it's five weeks and you can't like walk around and anything. And now if you need a Mm C-section, fine, but there are certain things that can be done potentially like in my situation, because I had said that I wanted the least medical interventions. I had said that I did not want to have my dilation checked unless it was absolutely necessary. And I said, don't tell me anything. And right. like basically talk to my husband. And then actually Shelly Slocum was my doula. Mm-hmm. And so talk to her. So the idea was, though, at Cedars, where I delivered, they do a thing called rock and roll birth. <laughs> where wow. It's true. Excuse me. Are you yes, ready to have baby. a baby? Oh, wow. And my Sorry, do you want me to hip hop? Oh, that's so disappointing. No, but what it is is if really I get country music. Fuck you, Cedars. Didn't you read my plan? Didn't you read my sheet music? Oh, we brought our strings. We forgot our guitars, man. Sorry. No, but what it is is that if your baby's having a hard time, if it's having a hard time getting in position, that instead of just automatically putting you into a C-section, they will actually move you and set you into positions to help your baby get into the right position. That Mm -hmm. actually happened to me. So he all of a sudden went sideways, Mm -hmm. which would be 
in most circumstances, I would have had a C-section right away. But instead, they basically trust your body. And there's like midwives on staff around the mm-hmm. clock in addition to the doctor. And they kept moving my body in such a way that eventually Fred got into position and I was able to give birth. It's all that rock and roll music. It, it was, was rock like, and roll. In there. Awesome. Yeah. And so it's just I, a cool I, I, I to- thing. Yeah. I hear, I mean, I hear you, you know, and I think that's important, like talking to your doctors, knowing what you want. There's also the other part of it, which is medical insurance has fucked a lot of things as well. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a risk mm-hmm. aversion that's happening that might trigger a C-section earlier. That There's also sense. modern medicine, which has saved a lot of lives. So mm-hmm. if somebody's, you know, blood pressure is dropping or the heart rate is going down, you can understand that they've seen people die before. I don't think it's a money grab because it's such an emotional thing. Right. No, I don't think it's a money grab. I think it's a risk assessment. And mm-hmm. and it totally is insurance. And I also think if someone has a C-section, great. Like, And if they choose to have a C-section, great. But I think that if you don't need it mm-hmm. and there's things that can be done so then you don't have to have it, like a full surgery, and yeah. instead our bodies actually a lot of times can just do it. And so... You and know, if you can't, it's okay too. Yeah, no shame. yeah. that's the thing. And it's so, right. and it's more about like learning about your body and uh, understanding that like, oh, our bodies could do this. And then sometimes they can't. And in back in the day, we would have just died. Yeah, so now 100%. we have, so it's back a medical intervention. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a medical intervention that's totally necessary and totally viable. And also some people just choose to do that. Yeah. And that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But that's choice. What do we think of when we think of a doula? I feel like I rebelled against the idea. I kind of felt like it was just somebody that was going to pet my hand (laughs) and just be like, yes, girl, breathe. I got you, girl. Like, I don't know. I I felt like it was something that I don't understand why. I just feel like straw skirts and like. (laughs) 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 Hawaiian skirts. (laughs) Pina coladas. Why did you say no to this? So I worked with a doula who is our friend, but she also trained at like one of the top birth education places in L.A., Beanie Birth, and took class there. And I feel like there were some things that when the doctor would come in and say it to BJ, she was able to sort of translate some of the mm-hmm. things. And like at one point they wanted to do something. I forget what it was. They wanted to do some medical thing. And BJ like was like, do we need to do this? And like him and Shelly talked about it for a second. And then they asked the doctor like, Mm-hmm. Do we actually need to do this? Because you're saying it's going to be very painful to her. Right. And they were like, no, we don't have to. And uh, then they didn't do it. And so right. it was like, but she really did rub my back. She got me in a position so that I did about six hours of the extreme pain of labor. And um, she got me through that. And it was like putting me in different positions, rubbing my back, helping me breathe, like staring at me right in that close in the face and like helping me breathe and like getting me through it. So it really is like a support. It is. She didn't wear it's a It's like a personal, tra- <laughs> it's a Why personal not? trainer. It's a it's like a personal trainer. trainer birth yeah, trainer. Sure, exactly. sure. Yeah, because I felt like it was one of those things that was really expensive. Like it was before Glow, so <laughs> I was we were really poor. <laughs> but, uh, now I'm so rich and we get four doulas. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I don't even need them. Just hire a personal <laughs> trainer. <laughs> Fuck you, more doulas. <laughs> no, but I, I felt like it was one of those things where I couldn't justify putting the money into it when I was already paying for a doctor. And so, therefore, I just labeled it frivolous. Uh, did you have a doula? I did not. Okay. I, I kind of was in the in the same camp that you were, Kimmy, and that I was like, well, I really like my doctor. Yeah. And, you know, my wife was with me. 
her mother was also there. And then one of my best friends, McCarran, who actually is a personal trainer. So like, oh, cool. so, <laughs> so, so you did have a birth plan and a personal uh, trainer and, and a personal <laughs> so trainer were all in the room. Yes. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Which was great. So I had like a good, you had a good support system, support system right. there with me. And yeah, it was the same. I felt like for me, I kind of associate doulas more with like home birth. And sure. And those kind of situations. And for me, it just seemed like, yeah, like an extra thing that I probably didn't need. Although hearing about the back rubs now, I have some regrets. For the record, I didn't pay. <laughs> I did not pay my friend. <laughs> so when we talk about expense, <laughs> probably if I if, if I didn't have a very close friend who was a doula, yeah, I wouldn't have had a doula. And I took classes at Binny Birth because it was my friend and I took her you know, hypnobirthing class, which she really talked about just using like meditation techniques to get through the pain. And it really worked. And it didn't make it not hurt. It just made me be able to like breathe kind of like when you're working out. Isn't it it nice that birth is like the one time where we focus on how we're going to deal with something? (laughs) I mean, we know in birth, you know, it's going to be painful, right? It's going to be emotional. Mm -hmm. You know that it's going to be a mess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those are things make me question why you'd want to do it at home. I do <laughs> like think the best part. But oh, I, I know. Yeah, it sounds so gross. But I also think that there's an element of like, like as you've said many times, like we've been doing this for millions of years, like we've been giving birth, but there was an element of like before hospitals. Yes. Uh-huh. Women died in childbirth more often, but there also was a village element to it uh-huh. where the women in the community would come together and help like Handmaid's the birth, Tale. The <laughs> <laughs> Handmaid's Tale <laughs> is a dystopian future, <laughs> not the depiction of the past. Right. <laughs> um, but there was an element of like b- community of women helping each other. Uh-huh. And I think that having, uh, you know, the medical profession is very male. They test on males. They mm-hmm. used to put women in a twilight sweep t- sleep to give birth and they'd be like screaming in pain but wouldn't remember it because they'd be basically like God, given um, roofies. Um, so I think there's an element, (laughs) yeah, there's an element of like having that, trying to bring some of that community. And I think the comfort of being at home is for some people really appealing. For sure. Don't you think though, there is a step too far with the home birth, almost like shame, if you will. I think that there is a step too far in the expectation to have a natural birth without medication, like in your house or in a bathtub or not a hot tub because that's dangerous, <laughs> but you know I, I a feel like tub. a w- warm tub. I feel like there's an expectation. There is there's a flip side to this. Well, I think it's a, I think when it's used as a point of pride or superiority, then it's a problem. That, that's exactly what I'm. That's what because I mean. obviously yeah. you know women have been having babies at home for as long as yeah, as human in the woods <laughs> in cars. <laughs> You know, yeah, and and so like where else? That's it. Just in the woods <laughs> and in cars. Yeah, and even before cars were invented, they were having babies in <laughs> cars. <laughs> that weird. was what a car was <laughs> before. And then they were like, "Wait, we some man looked thing. at it and was like, there's an engine. <laughs> this isn't just like a baby making vehicle." <laughs> you know, obviously, there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to have a baby at home or having a baby at home. Mm-hmm. I don't think there have been times where I have felt judged for having a baby like at Cedars with a doctor Mm -hmm. using an epidural, even though I did have a community of women around me. Where does the judgment come from? 
there have been women that I've known who have had home births and some of them it's just been like us sharing stories and it's been very normal and then sometimes there's kind of a like oh "Oh, well I did it at home because I wanted to do it naturally and beautifully and like where it gets where I'm like yeah well you know mine was also beautiful and loving and I was surrounded by lame (laughs) lame oh you had a lesbian anesthesiologist Uh, all right well, you're yeah in, you're there's in. some people who are <laughs> like cool. <laughs> uh there's a video called orgasmic birth oh i know oh my and, god and, and, and one of Let's our friends actually it. was like did you know that when you have a baby you can have an orgasm and i was like i'm sure that happened to two people like but somehow they're in this documentary also no fucking thank you yeah i like, don't want to have an orgasm by my son coming out of that's me. what i said like i don't <laughs> want an orgasm from like my I child. Like, I could come other times. Like, God, no. <laughs> Any other time. God, no. <laughs> I don't need to fucking come in front of everyone <laughs> in a pool with that's all these like, people. I'm not an exhibitionist. No. I yes. mean, that sounds like some S&M shit, basically. Like, yeah. plant my nipples. Uh, let me give birth. Like, let's have another baby because yeah. I need to, I need to I have need another a, orgasm. Yeah, I can only orgasm when I have a baby. <laughs> I go into relationships like that. Listen, I can only (laughs) (laughs) orgasm when I'm giving birth. He was like, I care deeply about you. I'm quiverful. (laughs) I've had 20 children. (laughs) I am never looking at women with lots of kids the same way again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you are kinky. (laughs) I do think there's judgment. I just think there's judgment on all sides. And I think that there is. It's the same thing as like taking pride in either not having a plan or taking pride in being so natural. And and anytime you're thinking that what you do is the way for everyone, I feel like that's not cool. I super agree. And it's like, like I don't think there's anything wrong with people having C-sections. And I think it's amazing that what the medical like marvel that is saving lives every day and any way that a baby comes into the world is amazing. Except with orgasm. Except with orgasm. We judge that. That's where we draw the judging line. I did have, after I gave birth, one person that we were friends with constantly messaged me on Facebook asking me if it was a natural birth. Like, and she had had a natural birth. And it was like over and over again. And I was like. It's all natural. Hey. "Hey." But it was just that (laughs) annoying. Well, and you know, obviously that too. Natural is the slang for like pain free. Pain medication free, but <laughs> painful. No, painful <laughs> medication yeah, extra free. Pain. <laughs> extra painful pain. medication free. Um, <laughs> but it was like, why are you asking me this over? Like, if I wanted to share that info, which I didn't have that. But if I wanted to share that info, fine. But if I'm is not sharing like, that info, why yeah. do you keep asking me? Is that's this like baseball stats time. for women? You know yeah, my I mean? God. Like, totally. It's just like, okay, so I put Amanda on my dream team. <laughs> she went with the epidural, though, so like I didn't get she's uh, off. this. Yeah, she's, she's off my off. fantasy she's birth like, team. Yeah, fantasy birth Fan- team. Spe- <laughs> speaking of f- <laughs> fantasies. Oh, boy. My friend came during the <laughs> <laughs> So she. So that's definitely three points yeah. up there. So I win five hundred dollars <laughs> at the end of this birth season. <laughs> up next is my conversation with comedic actor, podcaster, and certified doula, my friend Shelly Slocum. She was also Rebecca's real life doula. She's a mother of two girls and a wonderful calming force. Stay tuned. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My name is Shelley Slocum. I have two kids, and right now I am an actress and a writer. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a little while as a doula and a childbirth educator. Can anybody off the street become a, a doula? Like, Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, you there, there is a training. So there's like two major organizations. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Dona. And for that, you go to a three-day training taught by someone that Dona has certified. And so close to donut. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh The place that I got trained at is in Sherman Oaks. It's Mm -hmm. called Binny Birth Mm -hmm. by a woman that then became my mentor. Mm -hmm. Her name is Anna Paula Markell. She's fabulous. The other place is called Kappa. It came to me. Yeah, it's two P's, I believe. Like, like, what sorority are you in? Are you in Kappa or Dona? (laughs) And I might totally be wrong. Like, maybe I am just thinking of a sorority. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's Kappa and Dona. Is there rivalries between Kappa and Dona? 100%. Oh, my God! 100%. Oh, my God! Yeah, like, I did Dona, so what I heard was only from the Dona perspective, (laughs) which is basically, like, we are way more, we're, like, the Harvard of of doula education versus, like, the Kappa one is, like, I think it's, like, a one-day workshop um <laughs> people don't even have to be certified to teach that the community like no one college cares. <laughs> completely <laughs> completely some of the training is literally going and doing it and you have right. to have a sense of the birth mm-hmm. process and just if you know like the skeleton of what a birth is supposed to be then you can help a woman it, the idea of being a doula is literally to serve her and to protect mm-hmm her memory of the birth that's the, the whole memory goal. of the birth the memory of the birth you know what i remember about my birth i want to hear when the doctor said yeah we don't really actually know a lot about childbirth so what <laughs> <laughs> during, while you were in labor yes <laughs> Wait, like, i have so many like questions in the way that <laughs> she like we we were it was about 8 a.m. like I was gonna have a, a c-section at like nine or something and then Lottie <sighs> just came in like 20 minutes at eight o'clock and they're just like well <laughs> we we have no idea how to predict when a baby or how a baby is gonna come oh so that gosh. like she like admitting that was actually very comforting to mm-hmm. me because like as much as doctors go to ed, like school mm-hmm. for years and years and years mm-hmm. about these things, which is obviously very important blood work and genetics and all that stuff. Totally. However, the actual birthing process, you kind of are just guessing. 100%. 100%. Know which way the baby's going to turn and why that happens mm-hmm. and how you can change it. Like we're, there are definitely methods to try to change mm-hmm. the position of babies or make it more comfortable, but... You don't know. You you do. There's a. I think it's really sort of the art of it is surrendering mm-hmm. to it. And I think you do have doctors that are more, uh, I don't know, conservative, I want to say, who do like to manage it, who like to do their best to manage it. I'll manage say. what? Manage the labor. So if they have okay. a woman coming in 
Um, depending on the given circumstance, if they give the woman Pitocin, they'll, in their mind, increase it every half hour or every mm -hmm. hour. And then they have a sense of like, okay, at this point, I kind of expect her to be eight centimeters dilated. Right. Then I'll know that I can leave my golfing or whatever. I don't know why. <laughs> In my mind, they're always golfing. And I can come All to doctors the golf. All doulas are just <laughs> journaling, <laughs> writing exactly essays. Right. They, depending on where they train. Depending on where they train. Um, yeah. I mean, I was on Max Pit. I was on Max Pit. That's uh, Max Pitocin for you guys who don't know. <laughs> for like a full day. And nothing was happening. And then totally. she came out like a slip and slide. So. Yeah, totally. And some of that too is like... They don't know how much of it's related to a woman's brain. A woman doesn't even fully know. I can tell you from a hormonal level that if a woman's neocortex is activated and she's thinking much like in an orgasm, <laughs> she's not Shit. going to open. That's just the truth. So it's the same hormones that are in labor that are in an orgasm. If you're like Shelly. going to orgasm and someone's like, hey, do you want me to, you know, make chicken or steak for dinner or whatever? You're not going to orgasm because if you're like, hmm, I actually feel like shrimp, like you're not going to orgasm. The same is true for a laboring woman. I have so many questions. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. Hit me up. I, I may not even have answers because, like we said, we don't really know about. So labor. you're saying mm -hmm. that our uteruses open up when we orgasm? We don't really know what starts labor. That's that's accurate. Uh, there's theories. Okay, right. one theory is that when the uterus is ready, and when the cervix is sort of in a ready spot, that mm -hmm. it's sort of softened and ripened, you could say. <laughs> The and cool, the baby's gross, gross, gross. <laughs> the baby's lungs are ready to breathe outside. Okay. That makes the most sense to me when I've heard that. When the baby's lungs are ready to breathe, the baby signals to the mother's hypothalamus, which is in her brain, mm -hmm. and then the brain, her hypothalamus, releases oxytocin. It might be back here. Am I'm I? just pointing to my head because I don't <laughs> I don't know. That hypothalamus it will release oxytocin. There are receptors that have now opened on the uterus uh -huh. that receive that release of oxytocin in the body, and then oh, it starts a contraction. Every single time a woman has a contraction without Pitocin, that cycle is going on. Baby, hypothalamus, oxytocin, contraction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If a woman is thinking in her brain doing whatever math oh don't forget to pack this oh honey did you grab the pillow mm -hmm. oh um this nurse is asking me when i took my last prenatal whatever that is going to interfere with that relationship so when a woman's at home laboring mm -hmm. she usually is like in a rhythm like okay 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 and a lot of times we become like animals so women are like standing on their two feet and then the closer they get to labor, they go down on all fours because we are animals, everybody. You just forget that. But labor reminds you uh -huh. she needs to feel safe. Uh -huh. She needs to feel warm mm -hmm. and she needs to feel like unthreatened in any way. Yeah. That is what's going to help her release oxytocin, which mm -hmm. is ultimately going to open the cervix. Mm -hmm. All the contractions are doing are repositioning the baby and opening the cervix Got and it. the cervix is literally the opening to the uterus it's it's like if you look at a balloon it's just the opening to the uterus mm. that's all it is mm -hmm. and in labor you're just opening you're opening like it, it's really not that different from if a cat were in labor <laughs> and we were all right here and we were like oh my 
gosh, look at the cat. Everybody, come and see the cat in labor. Oh, my God. And then you know what happened? That cat would stop being in labor. The cat would be like, I don't feel safe. This is crazy. I'm not sure. All these people are staring at me. And then later, everybody would fall asleep and it'd like go in a cupboard under the kitchen sink and give birth. I'm obsessed with all of this. Um. Um. (laughs) I I need, I have more questions about the the doula themselves, but while I'm thinking about it, I've always thought that when I meet pregnant women for the, for their first child, Mm -hmm. that I tell them, yes, the birth is an important part of becoming a mother, Mm -hmm. but it's not the end of the world Mm -hmm. if it doesn't go how you think. Totally. And I think that that is the thing that women are not taught to deal with is Mm -hmm. that the birth is actually the, to me, Mm -hmm. the least important part of the journey. Mm -hmm. It's the beginning for Mm -hmm. sure. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely like a weird thing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) happens very infrequently mm-hmm. like in, in a woman's life unless you're my grandmother who had 13 children <laughs> and three oh miscarriages so um <laughs> lots of uterus of uteral work mm-hmm. is that the right yeah oxytocin uh, catacombs <laughs> what is it <laughs> lots of oxytocin yeah. <laughs> but um it is simply not even the beginning but it's a part of the journey mm-hmm. of motherhood and that you cannot beat yourself up for not doing it all mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. for maybe have like making some weird choices in the birth. It cannot be a place where you blame yourself for the rest of your life because you cannot start a child's life hating yourself for not doing Mm -hmm. something that they'll never remember. Mm -hmm. And I would frame that. I have two thoughts based on that. So Mm -hmm. one, I think it's important for women to look at birth as an opportunity for them to find their assertive voice, which means it might be one moment where they're like, I want the epidural and I want it now. Like whatever it could be that. It could be that they didn't have the birth of their dreams or their baby came early and the baby's in the NICU and they're like, excuse me, I need this for my baby and I need it now because that assertive voice will become the crux of what they can stand on as a mother. Second point, which I think was the most important thing I learned mm-hmm. from teaching childbirth education is that there was a study done in 2008 called Listening to Mothers 2 first study where they ever asked women how they felt about their birth. And they got all the statistics. Some women had vaginal births with an epidural. Some women had um, natural births. Some women had cesarean births. When it boiled down to it, it didn't matter as much how the woman had the birth or if they had the birth of their dreams or if they didn't. The thing that mattered is if they felt like they were a part of the decision-making process Mm. with their care provider. Mm -hmm. So the biggest biggest decision you will make that determines your the your memory and and the way you feel about your birth is who you pick as a care provider and whether or not that care provider allows you to be a part of the decision making process but a care provider who understands this will tell you okay I'm gonna do this uh this is what's going on and you'll have a little sense and that's very helpful very very helpful for Mm -hmm. um all of it I think the thing that I didn't realize about doulas is that they're they're you know advocates, I guess, for mothers who might not be as strong-willed as I am. <laughs> and I would say that, that that's actually a kind of questionable term to use with doulas. Advocate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, because like therapy, mm-hmm. if you advocate for the woman, you have to be very delicate in how you do that. And some doulas are like, that's why I am a doula. This, I doula, you know, and, and that's okay. And they can do that. But if you steal. That's that Dona lifestyle. That's not that Kappa lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? I think it actually sounds more Kappa. Yeah. Um, 
Um, if you steal a woman's opportunity for growth mm. or you uh, maneuver around for a birth scenario because of what you think should happen, it's kind of questionable because it's not about you, doula, who believes only in natural birth or whatever. It's right. about the woman. Now, Rebecca had told me that you did hypnotherapy the first time. I did. I did hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing. Oh, my okay. gosh. So you yes. did hypnobirthing for your own birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Giving birth helped me come into my own. I'm going to start with that. Yes. Going back, before that, I feel like I was um, really interested in my husband's opinion on, on many different levels. Mm-hmm. And... I remember we watched The Business of Being Born and he made a small comment that I totally internalized and was like, that is truth, which was like, <laughs> it's it's sad that like we are using medical ways of like handling something that's natural or using some comment like that. And I was like, I was like, OK, wow. Um, and so hypnobirthing came across our plate when we moved out here. I was pregnant. My midwife. I um, remember you being pregnant out here. I remember you holding my baby. I still have that photo. She gave us a couple options of classes. Mm -hmm. And it was something I'd kind of heard about. And I was interested in it. The woman that taught it was fascinating. And um, the the thing that was not correct for me Mm -hmm. was the idea that hypnobirthing will take away the pain and labor if you practice it. There's There's a huge overarching thinking like if you believe in this it will be this source of los angeles um, is for you. full of cults it's so it's true like, just go deep in your mind and you will be rich <laughs> and painless <laughs> and i i think it was good for me to have gone through that because the minute i ended up going into labor i was like oh my god what i, I did it wrong and so there was like some element of like shame because it hurts so bad i stalled at six centimeters from like 3 a.m until noon what i, I went Girl. i went Ooh. into the shower oh lord <laughs> yep, yep hospital or home um that was the transfer to the hospital transfer. okay so I went into the shower and I had a minute by myself, which again, I think is important. And now that I understand the hormones, I can look back on that and like kind of get that. And mm-hmm. my husband came in and and I love him so much. And he was like, he was like, okay, hey, how's it going or whatever. And I was just like, I think I want that epidural, but I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint you and I can't handle it. And I looked at him and he had like his own emotional experience that had nothing to do with maybe even what I had said had to do with like hospitals and his own story. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I got to do this for me. Like if I'm going to do this, I got to do this for me. And so mm. I told myself if I dilated any bit at all, I wanted her to check me, then I would keep going. Otherwise, I was going to get an epidural. Again, assertiveness. I knew that. I held my ground. I knew where I was standing. I slowly got out of the shower, ambled over to the bed. The midwife checked me. I was at 6 and oh. Order. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, thank you. I, I made this. that choice. I, I promised myself I'm going to go with what I said. All, all this is in my head. Yeah. And then I laid on my right side where it was having trouble um, dilating and the baby was born like an hour and a half later. You know, as I got into teaching years later, what you're really teaching is pain management. Who you are and how you cope in this world is not going to change once you're giving birth. When you stub your toe, how are you? Do you wince? Are you dramatic? Are you quiet? Mm-hmm. No hypnobirthing is going to change the way that you cope when you're in pain. 
the goal in labor is to understand that beforehand and then find tools to help you ah, surrender. And if you think about that pain and mm-hmm. you think about like a, like a hot skillet and butter going down it and you can think of a way, whatever the visualization is of just opening and maybe you're tight in your shoulders, but you start to breathe and relax the muscles during the pain. Man, everybody listening is feeling so good right now. <laughs> that butter, <laughs> the, the the butter I was like, ooh, girl. Uh, <laughs> relax. You're going to orgasm. <laughs> You feel that? You feel that contraction? I guess. Listen, you feel that? <laughs> Should there be a workshop where everybody just stubs their toe and they're like, yeah, birth's going to be hard. We're going to have to work on this. <laughs> well, you know, there was something that people would no, do no. that oh was holding a piece of ice. Oh, my God. And I didn't ever do this. And I never did this with my students. But oh I think God. it's kind of interesting because then you learn where your brain goes as you're holding this piece of ice. Like, where's your brain? Where's your panic? Where's your, how's your breath? I mean, this is like Tony Robbins stuff though, right? The yeah, hot, hot coals and all totally. that crap. It's like, and why would it be any different? Right. You're, you're right. talking about the most fundamental thing right. that humans go through. You're talking about something man, man cannot make. Not really. You yeah. know, like no matter what, however many machines or businesses or whatever, nothing's going to be more profound than the human life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's born knowing how to make more human life. That's insane. <laughs> right. And, and it's different every time. And the fact mm-hmm. that my doctor admitted to me <laughs> while giving birth. So like, we, don't, we really don't know what, what happens. <laughs> Honestly, it was so comforting. It sounds I was like, it. it's such a mystery. And like, yeah. we hire so many people, $2,000 <laughs> a birth or whatever. Yeah. Like to be like, I don't know either, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, weird. And that it's actually, that's what becomes a surrender about it. And that's what becomes the most beautiful thing about it because it is something mm-hmm. you're engaging in that you have no control over the outcome, which is most things in life, by the way. We just think that 100%. we have control, but that's what's beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. It's a release. It's poetic in that way, right? Can you do it in your doula voice, please? <laughs> it's poetic in that way. Is that what you mean? My yes, doula voice in that yes. way? It's a poetic thing. Butter on a skillet. In two three <laughs> thank you so much you're very welcome you're a delight and so fun to talk about Aww. this stuff can you plug your podcast for me yep my podcast is called the story of mom it's on itunes and spotify and stitcher and wherever you find podcasts wherever you pod i've heard people say that <laughs> and i'm always like they're so cool those podcast people who say pod are cool so get it wherever you pod <laughs> Whether that's in your mucus plug, yeah, or your, your cervix, or your birth contract, <laughs> just pot away, man. Okay, now let's check back in with the women who are constantly delivering the comedy, Rebecca and Amanda. All right, final question: Did you poop on the table? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Amanda, did you poop? I did not, although I'm not sure if all the women around me were lying to me or not, but I've been told that I didn't. I know for sure I did, because I was like, am I pooping right now, like, while I was pushing? And be, and and <laughs> my doctor was like, yeah, but that's good. That means you're doing the right thing. And then later I was like, BJ, you saw me poop. He's like, that's the least <laughs> of what I saw. You were like, what color was it? What was the consistency? And you're like, no, BJ. I was like, good, I ate a lot of fiber. <laughs> Did you have corn? Did you poop? 
No. Well, because I had to fast because they were going to give me a C-section. Oh. There's the key, girls. <laughs> to not if you don't want to shit on the bed, just fast for eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. So cute. Um, well, thanks, guys, for talking about birth plans and doulas. And I'll, could you um, take us out on one last character doula, Rebecca? <laughs> Martha Graham doula. <laughs> We're gonna contract and release. Contract and release. <sighs> and contract! <laughs> Well, if I've learned anything, it's that even the experts don't know shit about birth. But don't forget that I did not shit during birth. The most important thing when heading into birth is to not judge yourself and trust your instincts about what you need. Plan or no plan, one size does not fit all when it comes to pushing out our tiny creatures. No matter how it gets done, you're doing a great job. I'd like to thank my guest, Shelly Slocum, for delivering a happy, healthy interview and my trusty panel of Rebecca Johnson and Amanda Dybert for always making me laugh. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com, if you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear. We are also all over social media at Pod. This podcast is produced by Jen Perry-Leamy, written by Rebecca Johnson, music by Jerome Curtinpack, and edited by Tracy Levy and Amanda Lund. I'm a proud part of the Erios Network. Please subscribe and rate the Motherball shows on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. It will really help us out. Like looking the other way when I rinse out my coffee cup with water in the sink and call it washed. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. See you for the next one. Oh, um, and if you had an orgasm during birth, please don't tell me. No one needs to know about that. But I'm happy for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.